Hello, hello, hello. Welcome again to another episode of Lottie Talks. This is your host, Thomas Belcher, missionary on deputation to the U.S. Territory of Guam. Thank you for joining me today for this Mission Monday. It's great to be here with you all today. And here, just talking about a uh, very big issue that missionaries and honestly evangelists and anyone on the road needs to be careful of, and that's security on the road. Um, it's a very big topic. It's a very important topic that we need to discuss and needs to be confronted. It's no, it's no secret that we live in a very dangerous world. You have people who get robbed. You have at gunpoint even some people get, even get shot, um, knifed, all kinds of different results, and sometimes. Well, you never really see it coming, and you don't ever expect it to happen to you, but it can happen to you. So that's something that we all need to be aware of, something that we need to confront. Now, me personally, when I was working my secular job, I used to work security for a couple of years. In no way does that make me an expert on personal security. It's just these are a few things that I picked up working security, and a few things that I've picked up being on the road, and honestly, things I've picked up from other missionaries who've been on the road much longer than I have. Um, it's a very important topic, case in point. My wife's aunt, a, a year ago, was in a Walmart. Walmart. Lots of people, you would think it would be perfectly safe. She was in a Walmart and had left her toddler buckled in the seat in the cart. Well, she turned around and saw some woman trying to pull the child out of the cart. Well, the woman saw that she'd been spotted and that the kid was buckled into the seat so she couldn't just grab and go. So she turned around, ran, and met up with these two other fellas, and they walked out the door. In other words... It was an attempted kidnapping. Who knows what they were going, what their plans were for the child, what they were going to do with the child, but it was an attempt, an attempted kidnapping. That was in Walmart. Walmart, lots of people go in there. I honestly don't know anyone who doesn't. But you would think that it would be a very secure location. Wrong. Um, you just... Nowhere, how do I say this without sounding like a very bad pessimist? Nowhere is a safe location. You want to be 100% safe? Go nowhere. Okay? In your home, you not even in your own home. You, the reality of it is that you never know what could happen. The Bible says, boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. We, we do not know what could happen. Men are, men are, the hearts of men are deceitfully wicked. They're sinful. We are drawn to sin, so we're going to start doing some evil, horrible things. Just a matter of fact. So, how do you as a missionary... Try and keep yourself safe and your family safe from harm. 
Well, there's a few points that I'd like to point out. Um, mainly on the self-defense category. Because a lot of people, a lot of people who go into deputation, their first reaction is, well, I will get my concealed carry license, get me a gun, and I'll just carry that and everywhere I go. Well, okay, that sounds good in theory. And I am all for getting your concealed carry. I'm a proud concealed carry owner. I'm, I'm proud of it, and I'm not afraid to admit it. But I'm all for that. Here's the thing with that, though. Not all states recognize each other's concealed carry. Just because I have a concealed carry for the state of Kentucky does not mean that the state of Massachusetts is going to recognize it. In fact, if I'm traveling anywhere on the eastern seaboard, I might as well just leave my concealed carry, my gun, at home. There's no point in me bringing it with me because I will get in serious trouble. Uh, case in point, we just got back from a trip going down south to a uh, state. I won't mention which state it is, but I did not realize until the day of the trip that the state was actually did not recognize my state's gun law, uh, my state's concealed carry. So right before we left for the trip, I had to leave my gun at home. I went to that state completely unarmed. Now, what's sad is that's the reason why I got my concealed carry in the first place was because I knew we were going to do a bit of traveling and I wanted to keep my family safe. Well, if you're not careful with how you do things, you'll actually be put in jail longer than a thief normally would be even if you're just abiding by the law trying to defend yourself. So if you're going to do that, you need to look up and you need to stay updated on state laws. If you're going from Kentucky to North Carolina, guess what? I need to know North Carolina's laws and all the laws of every state that I'm passing through. I need to know their stance on reciprocity. I need to know their stance on recognizing out-of-state concealed carries. It's very important, and a lot of people have been caught and fined or even put in jail for a little bit for not checking those laws. Oh, I, you got to be smart about this. The number one goal is to protect your family. I understand that. But it's hard to protect your family when you're stuck behind bars somewhere for a week, two, or waiting until the judge lets you go. It's hard to do that. So, if you're going to go the concealed carry route, I would urge you to make sure that you check every single gun law of every state that you're going to. Now, there are several apps that are very useful in this regard. I personally use USCCA. They're a very good app. They stay updated on their um, concealed carry, their reciprocity laws. Um, updated frequently, so it's pretty good. It's pretty useful. So I use that. Um, there's several others. 
that you can use. I want to say the NRA has something close to it. I'm not entirely sure. But generally speaking, if you go online and you actually look for it, you can find state laws and what they say about it. Um, so that's one route. Probably the easiest route, and I had a missionary friend of mine uh, who he and I were talking to about this. He and I were talking about this one time. And we, um, we got to talking about it, and he showed me this uh, African war club that he kept with him. And this thing was made out, it had to have been made out of ironwood or something. It was, it was deadly. You got hit in the head with this thing, you were going down. Well, he told me that his, his initial thought was, get a concealed carry, just like myself. But just like myself, he ran into the issue where a lot of the states where he was going to present his ministry, they didn't recognize his local state's concealed carry. So, he stuck with something that was a stick. It was a war club. Now, once again, before I go any further, if you're going to carry something like this, you also need to look into laws about this too, because if you go out west to like California or New York or someplace like that, it can get very tricky. And they, their laws are so strict, you can't even hold a rock without them trying to convict you of something. I'm being sarcastic a bit about a bit about that, but not really. Um, but anyway, he was telling me about one time his car was being broken into when he was presenting at a church. So he pulled out this African club, this African club, and started swinging like a madman and was running towards him. Now, did he have a gun? Not with him at that time, but he had that club. It was something. It was something to protect himself from harm. Here lately, my wife and I just came back from another trip. Like I said, I wasn't armed. I didn't have my gun. There were two situations that popped up on this trip where I thought we were going to get mugged. I, I have that security background. One of the first things that you get taught in security is look for certain signs. And both of these times, those signs were popping up. So the only thing I had, I didn't have anything on me to protect me. The only thing I had was my keys, my car keys. So I took one of my car keys, the biggest one I could find, put it in, in my hand, and put that key in between two fingers. That way you actually have something to jab with if somebody comes to attack you. Well, praise the Lord. The Lord looked over us and gave us safety, and none of that happened. I have a feeling, though, had we stayed in the area longer than what we did, something would have happened. That's why we left immediately when those signs started popping up. My wife, uh, another thing that you may find useful, um, have contingency plans that you go over with your partner. So my wife and I, when we first got married, we had plans upon plans. So if we're walking down the sidewalk, she's, I'm on the left pointing towards the road. She's on the right pointing towards the house walking down the sidewalk. 
If somebody is walking, is coming up from behind us, and I don't see them, but my wife sees them, and she thinks they're suspicious, the code for that, for me to get ready to defend us, is for her to hold my right elbow and yank on it. Just pull on my right elbow as hard as she can. That's code for danger is coming up right behind us. I know then immediately to get my gun out and get ready for a fight. We have numerous codes, numerous rules that we prepared when we first got married. So if you're newlywed or looking to get on the road as a missionary, I would advise going over a set of rules just in case something like this were to happen. Well, anyway, she was sending me all those signals, all those codes, while we were in those two situations not too long ago. We knew what was going on, and at, at that point, as a husband and as a father, your first responsibility is to your family and their protection. So you need to create a, a way for them to get to safety while you deal with the problem which is what we were preparing for. We were preparing for it. And just a side note, woe, to, uh, woe be to the fool who tries to mess with my wife and son. I'm, I'm just putting that out there right now. It won't end well for anyone. Just will not end well. But this is a very important issue. Security on the road is a very important issue. Um, some places that used to be safe, that you could leave the keys in your car and not worry about your car being broken into and stolen, the world's not like that anymore. The world is not like that. People do not care. They will stab. They will come up to you, stab you in the back, rob you, and leave you for dead. No, they do not care. You need to be careful. Now, I'm not saying act like everybody is a bad guy, and out to kill you. I am saying that you need to watch for some signs. One of the biggest signs that you should probably leave the area is when you start smelling pot that, that is very, very strong. And you soul winners who go door-to-door -door knocking every Sunday, every Wednesday, Whenever your soul winning time is, you guys know what I'm talking about. The stench of marijuana. You know what it sounds like. You know what it smells like. It's horrible, wretched smell. But if the fellow coming up to you real quick is like that, get ready. Get ready for any possibility. Either to defend yourself or just tell the guy to leave. To walk away. Um... One of the big things that a missionary friend of mine told me about was that on the road, one of the places that you do not want to stop at is a rest area. Now, you may be asking, well, uh, why not? Why not stop at a rest area? Here's the thing. Rest areas, depending on where you go, the ones I've stopped at and slept at are not heavily populated. There's maybe one or two cars in the whole parking lot. Who knows who is around there? 
who knows who is a psychopath, who knows who is trying to get uh, who's trying to get some money for drugs. In fact, actually the missionary couple who I I'm friends with, they've been on the mission field for 40 years. They told me if anywhere go to a truck stop. Apparently, crime rates at truck stops are actually lower than at vis visitor centers. I kind of believe that and with them being 40 years on the field, I would believe that. So if anything, try and wait until you get to a truck stop. I try and avoid visitor centers. They look nice, but the reason why I try and avoid visitor centers and not stay there at the overnight is basically if you go to a truck stop, you have more available. You can fill up on gas, you can go inside, buy some food, you can sleep in your car, do anything you need. Plus, if anything were to happen, somebody breaks into your car while you're sleeping, tries to rob you, you can create all kinds of noise, blare your horn, anything, and you're surrounded by people. You are surrounded by multiple individuals. Instead of where you're at the visitor center, you only have one or two cars, and you don't know, maybe they're working together. There's no way for you to tell. Or maybe the one guy will run away robbing you, and then the other guy will think it's a good time to rob you, and then rob you there. You just don't know. So, if you're going to travel quite a bit, focus on where your stops are going to be. Make sure you, make sure you are in lighted areas. Um, try and avoid visitor centers late at night. And going back to the weapons category, I just remembered I really did not fix that, finish that. Um, I would advise just carrying something small, something that you know to use. I myself am looking into buying a few um, small, I don't want to go into specifics, but something small enough that it passes most state laws as far as a carrying weapon, most of them actually are okay with walking sticks. Now, I'm not saying go buy yourself a sword cane, okay? You teenagers listening to this, don't go buy yourself a sword cane. Don't spend the extra money. I do say, though, if you have the time, learn how to use a something like a bow staff. Go grab, go buy a staff. And learn how to use a bow staff. They are actually very good weapons, offensive, defensive weapons. And nobody is nobody I know is going to question you walking around with a walking stick. Because no nobody nowadays wants to be the guy who pulls you over and says, "Hey, you can't have that," only for only to find out that you're handicapped and you need a walking stick. Nobody wants to be that guy. We live in a very awkward introverted age and that's one of the benefits of it there are not many benefits of living in this age but that is one of them so once again though whatever you do decide to carry you need to look into state laws following the law is important it's paramount it's what separates us from the bad guys so just and remember the the cops are not your enemy. They are not trying to, they're, regardless of what the media tells you, they're not trying to, they're not going out of their way just to come after you. At the end of the day, 
the police officer you meet on the road is just a normal person working nine to five, putting their life on the line for others. They want to go home and have dinner and be safe, just like me, just like you. So the obvious solution in that case is to make the situation as easy as possible. And by what I mean as easy as possible, follow the law. Don't give them an excuse for them to pull you over or to t uh, really to talk to you in any regard, unless you're trying to witness to them. Even then, you may want to be careful because, once again, they don't know you from Adam. So, it's just, it's a crazy world we live in. It really is. You gotta, you have to try and prepare yourself for this. I personally pray that the day never comes when I have to defend my family from harm. I pray that day never comes. I don't want to face it. I don't want, I don't want anyone to get hurt. I, I don't want that to ever happen. I don't want that to ever be, that situation ever to happen. But the thing is, if it does happen, I want to be as prepared as possible. I want to be as ready as possible. One of the biggest things to help you get ready for that kind of situation is to train your mind. Start your training now to start thinking. See, go online, look up different signs of threats, possible threats. Train yourself to get ready for that possible situation. Now, don't do it to the point that you get paranoid and think that everyone is trying to kill you. But once you train yourself enough, you'll learn the fine line between paranoia and fact. And it is a fine line. It is a very fine line. There are a lot of good men who have gone to jail, gone to prison, because they crossed that fine line and they did something really, really dumb. Really dumb. And they, then they broke the law and they went to jail. So, guys, gals, y'all got to be careful. And gals, please, whatever you do. You know what? No, I'm going to gear this part to the guys. Guys, whatever you do, try not to send your wife and children to Walmart by themselves. Don't do that. The reason why I say that is it's not it's a topic that a whole lot of the news media and nobody else really wants to cover but the sex trafficking here in the United States has gotten so off the rails that they are willing to kidnap anyone in broad daylight and put them into that kind of trade the threat is real the threat is very real not far from here, there's a road where it's known uh, where it's known that sex traffickers get pulled over on, and they've been known to be found because it's a major highway for sex trafficking. I don't say that to make anyone afraid. I'm saying it so that we can face reality here. And to say, folks, gentlemen, do not send your wives and children to the store alone. 
And wherever you go, when you're on the road, whenever you leave your house, if you're going to a store down the street, you need to be the lookout. You need to be watching everybody. If they say, oh, well, you're a creeper, you're watching everyone. Well, that's what a watchman does. You need to stay aware of all of your surroundings. Every single person who comes close to you, your wife, your wife's purse, your children, if they look at your children, you need to know. When I was a kid, my, myself, my dad, and my sister were all in the toy aisle at Walmart. And we were looking around. My sister and I didn't know notice anything. And finally, my dad comes up. He's already behind us, but he puts a hand on both of our shoulders and tells us, okay, we're leaving right now. Let's get out now. And we didn't stop anywhere. We didn't buy anything. We just walked right outside, went straight to the car. We'd only been there 10 minutes. We didn't even go get what we went to go get, what we went to Walmart for. When we got in the car, we asked dad, well, why did you cut the trip short? What happened? Turns out there'd been some creeper who was in the toy aisle staring at my sister. My sister was eight at the time. This guy who was staring at her was about 30, 35, but he was staring at her. I don't know why he was doing it. My dad didn't know why, my sister didn't know why, but I'll tell you what, we didn't bother to stay and ask. But who knows what would have happened had my dad not been vigilant and had we not noticed. Then, who knows, my sister could have been kidnapped then and I would never have seen her, seen her ever again. That's the reality we live in. So dads, be vigilant. Husbands, be vigilant. Go with your wives. You get home at 5 o'clock from a hard day's work. You don't feel like going with your wife to the grocery store? Go. Go. There was a grocery store back when... Excuse me. I've been suffering from a cold and my throat's been pretty sore this past week. It's not COVID. Not COVID. I've already been tested for that. But when my wife and I had our first apartment in Lexington, Kentucky, down the road from us was a store that was, you know, I'd grown up in that area and used to go to that store all my life. Well, my wife would never go to the store by herself. And that's because about a couple of months before we got married and moved into that apartment, my, there was a woman that went into that store by herself. She was shopping. And some maniac came out of nowhere. I don't know if he was high or something else, but he came out of nowhere. He took a knife and he slit her throat. Just in the store, broad daylight. She was by herself, just slit her throat. Fortunately, the lady survived and the guy was caught. But after that, my wife didn't go anywhere by herself. I'm not saying that going... To the store by yourself is going to cause somebody to come after you and kill you. I'm not saying that. But I am saying, husbands, be vigilant. God has given us 
a major responsibility in not just protecting ourselves, but protecting our families, protecting our wives, protecting our children. Uh, It's sad to say, but I'm afraid the days of men willing to lay their lives down for the lives of their family are nearing an end. Heaven help us if that's the case. Heaven help us. Because I don't... I am 100% willing to lay my life down for my wife and my son. I am not afraid to say it, and I am 100% willing to do it. Will that need ever come? I, I pray it doesn't. I pray it does not. And I pray that when that if it ever does come, I am fully prepared to lay down my life for them. That, I'm, that I am mentally prepared to do it. That my resolve is steel. But I, I can't let anything happen to them. And I refuse to let anything happen to them. And if you're a missionary, evangelist, pastor on the road, you need to make sure that nothing happens to you or your family as well. Folks, it's a very dangerous world out there. What we're doing is for the cause of Christ. Christ will protect us, but some, sometimes things happen. Unforeseen things, things that we don't expect, they happen. It's our job to be prepared for the, uh, to be as prepared for that as we possibly can. If we start getting mugged, I want to be as prepared for it as I possibly can. Either let the guy go, or if he doesn't have a gun, try and take the guy on. But if he's got a gun, I'm just giving him all my stuff. Really not much else you can do there. I'm joking, of course. Not, Not too much, but you know, you guys know how I am. But safety on the road, security on the road is paramount. If you're going to travel the country, you need to be prepared for the worst. You need to be prepared for what could happen. And it's a painful reality, a painful truth, but one that we must confront. So that's it for this segment for today. Before I leave, it's time for our missionary of the week. And our missionary for the week this week is the Ritzel family to Spain. Missionary sent out of BIMI. They are currently on deputation to Spain. Last I talked to Brother Ritzel, uh, they just crossed the 60% mark, so be praying for them. They are they're getting on their way, and hopefully they'll be in Spain within the next year or so. Um, Spain, honestly, all of Europe needs Christ. The whole world does. Europe really needs it too. Um, Spain has always had an influence by Muslims and Catholics. Um, a very long history lesson, I won't go into that. But they are needed as well. And to see someone going over there and to preach the gospel, it's great. It's just great to see. If you'd like to learn more about the Ritzel family, go on BIMI, look them up. That's Ritzel, W-R-I-T-E-S-E-L. That's the Ritzel family. Great people. They're soul winners. They're church workers. Met them at Brother Files Church in uh, Jacksonville, Arkansas, Bible Baptist. 
Great church, by the way. Great people. I love them. Um, stayed at their prophet's chamber a few times, and absolutely great. Uh, God, Godly people. So, please be praying for the Ritzel family this week, and I'll be looking forward to seeing you guys again on this Word Wednesday. You guys stay safe out there. Stay secure. God bless you all, and I'll see you all this coming Wednesday.